Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. It seems that over 600,000 gas and electricity customers will see a reduction in their bills from November. It is after Board Gosh Energy announced price cuts today. Hooray! Anyway, the company is the seventh provider to reduce their prices as the cost of wholesale electricity continues to fall. And the latest figures from the CSO show wholesale prices were 64% lower in July of this year compared to the same month in 2022. Now, I can hear you say, but Niall, I'm still paying out the you-know-what. So here to explain what this actually means for you, the customer, um, if the, the good news is Mr. Bonkers himself, Dara Gasty from Bonkers.ie. Uh, Dara, good evening to you. Good evening, Mel. Nice to talk to you again. Dara, I mean, people are going to say, oh, the price cuts, price cuts, that's great, but they don't actually feel it in their bill. They still feel they're paying twice as much as they were paying three years ago or four years ago. So what, what does it mean to the customer? So, well, it's not bad news. I mean, it's nice to be talking about price decreases for a change, but these price decreases aren't coming into effect until uh, November. So people are right. They haven't noticed the change because they're still paying record prices, unfortunately. And that ain't going to change until November. Um, but the prices are going down by 15.5% on both electricity and gas. So it's not a bad price drop. Uh, and that will save customers around €357 Euro a year on their electricity and €274 Euro on their gas. But, and this is the big but, and listeners will know this, these price drops are coming on the back of huge price increases over the past two years. So unfortunately, despite the price drop, and listen, you know, there's so much bad news out there at the moment, so it is welcome, but despite these price drops, energy prices this winter in Ireland will still be around double normal levels. So we're not out of the woods yet, and it's going to be another tough enough winter for people to heat and light their homes. I mean, that's what I said there at the start. Although it's a price drop, it's kind of like gaslighting. I described it to people a while ago. I went into a garage and I was getting diesel. And it was at that time, it was gone back up again for some strange reason. I don't know why, because the price of a barrel of oil has come down all over the world. Anyway, I went in to get my diesel and it was like 162 or something at the time, going back a good few weeks ago. And I kind of smiled to myself and went, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> but realistically, I'm still paying yeah. 30 cent more than I should be for a litre. So I felt a bit gaslighted, you know what I mean? And that's what yeah. this kind of seems like too, doesn't it? No, it will be. And I mean, like I said, there were some absolutely huge price increases over the past two years. A lot of that was due to the war in Ukraine, which unfortunately um, we have very little control over. And then even before that, prices were rising as a result of COVID. So there was two years of a lot of turbulence in the markets, which left prices at absolutely insane levels, more so in Ireland than other countries. I mean, all countries suffered, but Ireland particularly did, just because of the nature of our market, we, Am I correct in saying at one stage, I don't know whether we still are, we're the most expensive place in Europe for energy? Yeah, so we've always been expensive for electricity. Um, we've always been around maybe the second or the third most expensive for electricity in all of Europe, not just the EU. We're a little bit more competitive or usually were when it comes to gas. But that changed during the energy crisis, and you're right. Um, at one stage, and up until very, very recently, we had the most expensive electricity prices in uh, all of Europe, and actually the most expensive gas prices. But that's changed a little bit because obviously the change. And why, in the why is that? I, the electricity, I kind of understand because of the geographical aspect of it and supplying electricity to, you know, houses, because Ireland is quite scattered. You know, 70% of the population lives in four places. Yes. So I, I, I'm assuming it's to do with maintenance and setup and, you know, getting lines out to people. So I'm assuming that's the, 
the reasons why that's, actually... a, that's a big part of it. It's not the only part, but it's a big part. I mean, the fact as well, we don't have nuclear, um, our energy mix is different. We use a lot of gas. Gas is expensive these days. Uh, that doesn't happen. That, that doesn't help. And and also, you know, not to get too technical, even just, you know, the structure of the market. So how the single energy market is set up, I think there's probably a job there for the government to just look at that. Mm. Uh, because how the price is determined, I mean, the price of electricity technically on that market changes on an hourly basis. Uh, and then, you know, suppliers kind of buy in advance. I, I wonder if we go price. down the route. So I wonder if there's something there. Yeah, I wonder would we go down the route of the American route, which is, I'm not too sure if you're familiar, but electricity in America, for example, it goes up and down literally by the hour. So your bill reflects that, by the way. You know, you can have a bad part of the month where electricity prices have gone back up again or down again. So it changes constantly all the time. They don't have to keep announcing it all the time. It just keeps yeah, changing. Yeah, I mean, that has its pros and cons. I mean, the, the pro is that if you can use your energy at a time when it's a lot cheaper, that's obviously great. Uh, the con is that you're turning on the kettle and you never know whether that cup of tea is going to cost you five cents to boil the kettle or you know, five cents. euro. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But now we are kind of going down that route, though, when it comes to smart meters. I mean, I know smart meters have been a bit controversial, but they are being rolled out at the moment. And one of the reasons why they're being rolled out, one of the, the purposes is so that electricity consumption can be monitored better and people can have different prices at day, at night, at peak or off-peak. And I think that's something that we'll see a little bit more over the coming years. I mean, there is a lot of uncertainty in the market, and that uncertainty, of course, is causing the prices to go up as well because, of course, when we talk about the price of oil, and many people listening tonight would have oil heating as well, not mm. as much as, say, Northern Ireland, but certainly because we rely on gas more than oil. But there is about, what, 20% of the market maybe is oil. I'm, I'm not too sure exactly how much of it. And they're not really seeing a decrease at the moment. In fact, they're seeing an increase at the moment in the price of oil. And, and yet... We're seeing a barrel of oil a lot cheaper. The reason for it is not just the war in Ukraine, of course. The reason for it is, is that we have less refineries. Uh, the Chinese and uh, the uh, Indians are, are building yes. refineries like they're going out of fashion. But we're not. We're closing them down. And, and I suppose there's a reluctance from investors to invest in refineries at the moment because of you know the push and uh, the marketing for sustainable fuel. So where is the future for you know what we, the, the standard fossil fuel energy that we're using at the moment, the gas, the oil? Um, the electricity, which is produced with gas and oil as well. So where, where's yeah, the future I, for that? Are we going to be priced out of the market eventually? I don't think we'll be priced out of the market, but something I'm always at pain to say to people is that the transition to a green economy and to a decarbonized grid, so basically the transition to electricity that is generated almost 100% from renewables is not going to be easy and it is not going to be cheap. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't do it because the environmental costs of not doing it would be great. But just I think that there's a real uh, misperception and the government doesn't help with this sometimes. There's a real misperception that renewable energy is, is almost free, you know, and those wind turbines do not turn themselves. They don't install themselves. Those uh, solar panels do not um, install themselves either. And um, you know, even recently, some listeners might be aware that we had an offshore wind auction and there's lots of uh, you know, talk about how offshore is going to be great for Ireland. Do, do we, we need to talk more about nuclear? I, I did have a gentleman on the air going back about two weeks ago talking about nuclear energy. France, of course, has, have adopted it wonderfully. Um, Germany yeah. have just closed down a couple of plants for some reason yeah. and gone back to I coal. I would think, I mean, first of all, I mean, we can't even build a cycle lane in this country without it going to the high course. So good luck getting a nuclear power plant. And then if you look at the cost of the National Children's Hospital, so we might say, great, let's build a nuclear plant. Where is it going to be? I don't know. Nobody will want it near them. Uh, we might say a cost 
$5 billion, and it'll end up costing us $20 but billion. They have these smaller ones, haven't they? This is what he was talking about. And these smaller ones will produce enough electricity for a large town or a large city. They, or Yeah, but they haven't really, I don't think, been fully tested and fully developed. That's not to say in around maybe 10 or 20 years' time, but maybe even slightly more, mm-hmm. uh, that they will be ready. I don't think they're ready just yet. To be honest, I mean, I what I would be doing if I were in government, I find myself saying that a lot to myself these days, I'd let the French focus on the nuclear because we're building an interconnector with France at the moment, the Celtic interconnector. They have experience in it. They know what they're doing. And we can import a bit of nuclear-produced electricity uh, from time to time when we need it. Mm. Technically, we do it already. We have a connector with the UK and we import a tiny bit of electricity from them from time to time, which will have nuclear in the mix. I think for us, we do still need to just look at investing more, probably more so, so in onshore wind, uh, in solar, but making it cheaper because the cost of renewable energy in Ireland and connecting it to the grid seems to be double, triple what it is in other countries. And, and this is the key thing, it needs to be backed up with flexible, modern, in my opinion, gas-fired generators when the wind doesn't blow. And um, I think there's a reluctance in government to even approve any type of new gas-fired generator because it's, you know, against climate targets. But sometimes you need to take, you know, one step back. Yeah, well, see, absolutely. And we have, to, we have to be of the understanding that sometimes, they only mentioned today, of course, the idea of not selling, you know, diesel and petrol cars by 2030 is probably not, it's too ambitious. Yeah. So, and I think we're also being too ambitious to suggest that we could be at net zero uh, by 2050. Yeah. I think that's very ambitious as well. So I yeah, think we, we've got to take baby steps. I mean, these things take yeah. time. You've got to transition slowly uh, for people so we can afford it as well. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. from our point of view, we, we have to be able yeah. to do that. But I mean, look. It ain't going to be cheap. And I said, it's not, it's not going to be cheap. And that's something that I would just like the government to just be honest with people and communicate with them a bit more and say, you know, we've a tough 10 or 15 years ahead of us from an electricity point of view. And I think maybe in 25 years, I mean, some of your listeners may not even be around by then. So it's a tough sell. Like in 25 years, I think we'll have, you know, close to net zero, lots of cheap, you know, almost free electricity on the grid. But the next 10 or 15 years are going to be tough. They're going to be expensive. They're going to be difficult. Dara, we're going to have to produce a lot of electricity. But if we look at the plans, I personally am completely against the whole plan of the government because I just believe it's the wrong plan. But we could do that another night. If you look at the plan, you know, we're all supposed to have electric cars. We're all supposed to have heat conversion units in our homes, which are all run by electricity. Yeah, Yeah, so the, the demand for electricity is going to be catastrophic. We would never be able to build... The grid just wouldn't withstand it. So it means... That it means basically replacing the whole grid. I mean, the cables I see where I live, they're replacing cables as it is to put thicker cables. I'm assuming it's like 250 kilowatt cables from pole to pole rather than the old traditional 100 kilowatt cables yes. or whatever it is. So that has to be done throughout the whole country. Um, and, then, yeah. and then if you have a whole housing estate with two cars in each garden and they're both electric and they're plugging in at night, the demand on the grid is going to be out of this world. So, uh, you know... No, it is, and then there's, there's data centres as well. We have a rapidly increasing population. No, you're right. I mean, there's a huge, huge amount of pressure on the grid these days. I mean, there may even be the threat of small blackouts this winter, but in the medium term, you're, you're correct. Mm. Uh, the demand for electricity is going to be so high, and that in itself is going to pull up with pressure on electricity prices. Well, look, if people want to, is it worth, you know, I know bonkers are big people for telling people to shop around and, and they yes. can go to your website and put in their that little number at the top of your bill, by the way, whatever it's called. What's that little number called again? 
Uh, well, for gas, it's the GPRN, and for electricity, it's the MPRN. Okay, so you can pop that little number in, and it'll give you the best price, or who will give you the best price. But is it worth, without doing you out of business, is it worth, yeah. is it worth shopping around at the moment? No, 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 absolutely, it still is. I mean, at the moment, somebody who switches could save several hundred euro on their bill, so there's absolutely still savings to be made. Now, the discounts that were around maybe two years ago of 30 to 40% have largely gone, but you can still get a discount of maybe 10 to 20 by shopping around so I'd encourage people to, to do it yep. uh, and also even if you uh, switch let's say to Borgosh before the 9th of November which is when their price decrease comes into effect um, you'll get the decreased price from the 9th of November. So some people are thinking, oh, if I switch to board gosh now, or if I switch to Electric Ireland now. I won't get the price. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you won't get it. No, you, you will. Because remember, unfortunately, the opposite happened when prices were going up. You switched at one rate, and you got, and then, you know, two weeks later, you get a, you got a letter to say yeah, the prices up. were going up. But it actually works the opposite way as well. So this is when it works, you know, a, a good way. Uh, the, only, the only thing to be, to be wor- not to be worried, but to remember is that there are now a few fixed energy deals. Um, and then obviously, if you sign up for a fixed energy deal, as the name suggests, that is a fixed price for one year, and that's not going to change. Uh, mm. But otherwise, you know, any discounts that are coming in, um, you, you'll get them. And um, I was just quick, a little bit kind of, you know, to, to remind consumers and listeners, these price decreases, which are obviously, you know, welcome, they're going to save people a few hundred euros, they're not coming into effect until November. And usually suppliers only need to give one month's notice, but they gave two which does mean, though, that we're going to have October, the whole month with prices at record levels, and that's usually when the heating goes back on, and you know the light. My heating's already gone back on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm holding out. I'm holding. No, I have. I have one of these. Uh, I have a Nest. You know the Nest, the Google Nest, and yes, so I have yeah. it set at like I think it was 19 degrees. I have it set at. So it came on for the first time during the week there, where obviously oh, the house yeah. was less than 19 degrees. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, it put itself on uh, one morning. I woke up and the heat was on. I went, what's going on? What happened to the heat wave <laughs> we were promised? <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't materialize. Yeah, but but um, uh, I always try to hold out until the end of October. But, but, but what I'm saying is just to, to remind people that there is, unfortunately, another two months, you know, September, October, uh, of record prices, and it's not until no- November that we see those small price decreases come into effect. I am hopeful, though, just given where wholesale prices are at the moment, that maybe come spring, come maybe February or March, we might see another 10 to 15% drop. But uh, mind you, that would still leave our prices at very, very high levels and much higher than what mm. we're used to. So, yeah. um, uh, finally, you know, just for the oil people, the people who are heating on oil, yeah. do you see any relief for those? Because that price seems to be fluctuating so much. It, it fluctuates hugely, and sometimes there's international factors, sometimes there's local factors. I mean, not to sound obvious, but again, just to, you know, making sure that you shop around and mm-hmm. get a few quotes before filling up. Yeah. Uh, the price for barrel of oil is, though, beginning to creep back up. It's getting close to around $100. Um, the Saudis and the Russians are, are pulling back on uh, their supply. So there is a big fear that the price of oil is going to, you know, shoes up again over the coming uh, weeks. The euro is kind of weak against the dollar, which doesn't help because we buy oil in dollars. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it does look as if um things are are, are you know are, are a little bit uncertain. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Nile Boylan show.